The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And hello, seekers, welcome, mystics, and good day to all of you keepers of the flame, both present and future. You have tuned to The Open Door. This is the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And today we are being joined by two old friends, Reverends Narely and Peter Duffy. Thank Hi. You. Welcome. Thank Hi, you. Tom. Good to be here. It's been a while. And as most of you who are listening uh, to this current series know, we are talking about the strategies of light and darkness. And we started this series roughly a month ago. Amazing already that we're in part five today. We're talking about the ways in which the fallen ones have devised to steal your light, your very precious light, and knock you off the path. They do this in many ways. The book we have been using as a reference, which is Strategies of Light and Darkness, which, of course, you can buy, tsl.org slash bookstore, or Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you find good books, Strategies of Light and Darkness. It catalogs 33 strategies. And unfortunately, the fallen ones have used this over and over and over again. It's a well-worn playbook. The reason it's well-worn is because, unfortunately, these strategies work. So we want to arm you with the knowledge practical strategies to to deflect and to overcome and to be victorious when you're f- confronted with these strategies. So anyway, let's go back to one of the key foundation points here. Who are these fallen ones? Who are these 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 black knights who are trying to be so nefarious and and nasty and devious. <laughs> well, there's, there's many stories in, uh, you know, going back through history about uh, the origins of evil in the world, you mm-hmm. know, and many different religions. And in the um, Christian faith, of course, you have the story in the book of Revelation about the angels who fell, a third of the angels who followed Lucifer in the fall. Mm-hmm. And so they're cast out of heaven, cast into the earth. And so, if you want to wonder why the world is in such a mess, they've been, you know, running things, manipulating things on the earth for thousands of years. Let me ask you something really quickly, because this quick came up in an email I got about three weeks ago, and I forgot to, to mention it last week. How many angels are we talking about here that fell? When you say one third, this must be millions. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't give a number, but it it says one third of the uh, in, in the Book of Revelation it said a third of the stars of heaven fell, and wow. that's been interpreted as the third of the angels. So, I, whether there's a number, I don't know. Well, it adds a dimension to the threat, doesn't it? Yeah, if we're it, talking about millions rather than hundreds or thousands. So. Yeah, absolutely. I want to be. I want to make sure we're positive too here. We don't want to scare anybody. Well, well there's also the good angels who came to help. Yes, you know. indeed, two-thirds. And, and it's very interesting. I was, I was uh, reading something recently by um, Mark Prophet, and he said, you know, Lucifer, when he did his big thing and, you know, the fallen angels fell and so forth, and they're cast down into the earth and they're doing their thing in the earth, 
But he actually needs to use these tricks too because otherwise, let's face it, a fallen angel is still an angel. and They if, have attainment. They have attainment. And if left to their own devices and they're not subject to negative manipulation, they will just gravitate back towards the light. And so Mark Prophet said that Lucifer actually has to do some pretty uh, devious things to his own lieutenants and oh his own God. fallen angels in order to keep them uh, on his side. That's almost like a spoiler alert, isn't it? It is. <laughs> hey, guys, is. guess what? You got it coming from both sides. But, but you know, the really good thing is um, you just said the playbook's basically the same. Yeah. You know, I think Mrs. Prophet said it another way. You know, it's the same box of chocolates. Yeah. You know, they don't change them. They just bring out the same ones and we keep buying them and eating them and because we forget <laughs> because we forget they, oh, fool, they fool us again oh look at this <laughs> chocolate vanilla oh wow you know <laughs> and and really if we if we just study this and get a handle on it we'll start to catch it after a while and then we'll, we won't be taken in by it and then we will be able to invite the good angels in and you know the good angels always trump the bad ones it's well, just a state of it, it is. is what it is. I mean, so from the from the beginning, we were winning. Winning. That's and the light always wins because it's like the light switch on the on the wall there. When it, when you come into a dark room, you just go flip and it, and the light comes on. There it is. That's all. There, it, that's all there is to it. it. And that, if you go back to, I hate to do this, but strategy number one, <laughs> sure. you go back to strategy number separation one. Separation from God. Yeah, you separate. You feel separated from God, and you feel like that you're the only person that's ever gone through this. <laughs> and so they tend to isolate you and pick you off. Oh yeah. You know, and put you into subgroups already but it's like you know you have an iron presence you have a holy christ self you have light within you you have all that you need to overcome whatever comes your way you just need a few hints and this is what we're about and i I think too and i i kind of stepped on your lines peter when you were starting to describe this whole issue of the fallen angels you know the, the how and the why they don't have any more light of their own except what they have gathered on their own to that point. I mean, they, they have no capacity to get new light. Right. They, yeah. have to, they have to get it from some outside source, an external source, which is unfortunately uh, us. And they trick us. Same, That's what same, they do. Old, same old tactics. Yeah. Sympathy, oh, poor me. Yeah, divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. Yeah, well, we've got some good ones coming up today. Well, yeah. <laughs> and in fact, let me, if I uh, can see this uh, without my glasses <clears throat> here. Create a problem and then solve it? You yeah. want to go there? Well, let's not go there right now, but let's just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> you just created a problem and solved it. <laughs> well, thank you, Terry. <laughs> you know, this is so uh, timely because we see all this just playing out in the news today. That's the thing. Well, oh, and, and I think, no. you know, that's the place we almost have to go because yeah, we do. the world that we're living in is precarious. Yeah. yeah. With terror in particular, with ignorance, with, with different issues that affect us globally. And with how many souls now on the planet? Seven and a half billion or something like yeah. that, or maybe more? There's a lot of room here for bad things to happen and for us to be able to say there are ways to overcome this may sound specious, like we're almost, you know, it's easy for us to say. Pollyanna, the truth is yeah. we, are com- we are confronted by these issues constantly. Well, every one of these strategies that I'm looking at, you know, that we're studying today, karma dodging, you know, I mean, all of this divide and conquer, it's, you see it in the news and it, it is very profound. And and you just, your heart hurts because you think, oh no, please don't fall for this one. Well, well and well, I, I want to honor Terry too in here and say that I didn't mean to interrupt your yeah, flow. No, no, that's okay. But, the, you know, create a problem, solve it, erode God's plan gradually trick us into making karma with the fallen ones and with each other. The the myth of indispensability, 
and, yeah. and karma dodging, karma which we'll get to in the last segment, which I think is a great one to kind of hold for the end. This is the, the goody at the end principle here. But <laughs> karma dodging is a very interesting one, and we'll talk about that. We've got some real-life examples that Peter has talked to us about before the show began today, and we'll kind of get into that in more detail. But let's, while we have time in the first segment, let's go now to that one, which is to create a problem and solve it. And it seems pretty innocent, really. But, you know, if the fallen ones come into a situation and they, they create some problem that seems almost insurmountable, then they happen to just kind of waltz in with the solution. We go, oh, you guys are great. Yeah, just and love all, you for doing over that. Over the course of my life, <laughs> I've, I've seen these things. And I mean, I, it's just like I have a sense that, oh, my gosh, they're doing that again. And this was before I, <laughs> I knew these strategies. I would think – you know, somebody is creating a problem here, and then lo and behold, somebody's going to come along and, and solve it, and it's it's all going to be bad, w- one yeah. way or the other. Well, this shows the deviousness of the serpentine mind, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, I can th- I can think of one interesting example <laughs> from history, and that is if you look at the uh, the Great Depression. Mm. The the Federal Reserve actually finally admitted, like 70 years later, that that they did it. They caused the Great Depression. Oh. But of course, then they step in. Well, we've got this terrible problem that somehow we created, and you know, by <laughs> yeah. some mysterious means that nobody knows. But we have the solution. Let's do you know all these regulations, and let's take mm. more control. Uh, give it, give us more control, and we can solve. Mm. This problem. Now, actually, I'm, I, I must diverge here for a moment because I think you and I did a show some time back about mm-hmm. the Federal Reserve. Yeah. And this was the this this was a lot of which was planned Jekyll Island. Yeah. That mm-hmm. whole thing was like if you're saying what I'm hearing is that they used that moment to come together to create the problem, and then to right. initiate the solution. And they used the astrology too, didn't they? Of October 29. I mean, the astrology was perfect for them to be able to pull something like this off. So they're <laughs> they're knowledgeable about a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, what, so well, what, I just want to go back just for a second. Mm-hmm. Nearly, pardon me for interrupting you. The Great Depression mm-hmm. was one instance of how they have manipulated situations, created yeah. a problem. It's not the only one. No, no. Many, you many, know, many In more examples. recent times, you mentioned the 2008 uh, banking crisis. Yeah. You know? Yeah, a, a, a very similar thing. You know, this the, the, the whole financial collapse then was, was caused, you mm-hmm. know, was created. Uh, by the, the the people running the banking system and uh, the federal regulators and so on, and so they created this problem and they say we've got this terrible problem now we have to do, you know such and such and such and such and such and such to to fix this problem, so w- it, it's kind of plays in a number of these things the indispensability this whole system is so complicated that no we are the experts and you can't possibly understand what's happening and. You need to trust us to <laughs> solve yeah. this problem, you know? Yeah. Trust me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh deadly words. Dangerous phrase. Well, that's what I, I wanted to just jump in here. Um, the fallen ones create the problem. They step in to solve it. And so they become the false savior or the false Christ, yeah. which enables them, as we've just said, to take control. And then we become dependent on them. So the antidote is to go a step higher and trust in God. Yeah. Don't look for or rely on human saviors. As with many of the strategies of the sinister force, you have to be a bit more discerning than that. And so you can pray and ask the masters to bring forth the God solution to any problem. And it may not be something you've even thought of yet. And isn't it ironic that we have in God we trust on our on currency? Our dollar bill. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, we have to remind ourselves. Don't remind we? ourselves. Yeah. Yes. Right. Well, it's, not, it's not yelling. It's not the you know, Secretary of the Treasury. It's not... <laughs> 
It's in God we trust uh, God for our, our economy individually, and we need to start doing that as a nation. Well, yeah, I mean, as you're both saying, you know, don't rely on human saviors. At some point, they'll let you down. Always. <laughs> Always. Well, you know, we said many times in the show that we're not here to perfect the human either. We're here to become the divine, to express and embrace the divine potential within us. So. And, and, you know, I want to I want to say, if people get this book, either online or, or uh, purchase it or whatever, there is a, there's a, there are perfect antidotes for each one of these. So, you know, don't be dismayed, you know. We're going to yeah. bring up some, some heavy-duty stuff here, but there there are these beautiful solutions to it. You know, it's just a matter of turning the coin over, so well, to speak. Well, and, and we have made a point of saying that the three Ds are very essential here, discernment, discrimination, determination. You've got to know when you're under attack. Right. You've got to know what the attack is and what to do about it. You know, you have to be able to have the discrimination to know that it's happening, and then the determination to say, enough. Right. I'm not doing this anymore, you know, to go the other way, to, to go the, take the high road. Yeah. And and that discernment that you're talking about is so important because, you know, you look at the newspaper or the news and you see division, you see subversion, you see dissension, you see suspicion, you see, you know, just meanness and anger and all this stuff, oh, yeah. you know, bubbling up. And you've got to have discernment to stand back and say, okay, what's really going on here yeah. that's not obvious? Or it may be obvious to some people, but to other people it might not be obvious. Well, you know, and I think that that's the discernment bit. Well, in the upcoming segments today, in fact, the, the next one we're going to be um, playing, we're going to listen to an excerpt from a lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet when she discusses kind of this idea of initiation and being pulled away from your path by subtle degrees. Mm. And that there is um, a tendency to allow the erosion to occur, you know, one of the uh, one of the strategies we'll discuss as well is this erosion by small degrees, the gradual mm. release that we, you look at moral standards, you look at entertainment, things that are going on in your day-to-day life, you think, well, that's not entirely great, but it's not that bad, you know, okay, you kind of let it slide, then you build on that, pretty soon the erosion is so complete that you're, you've got this gulf between you and the truth. I remember walking out of a movie one time because there was cursing going on and I demanded my money back. That was a long time ago. <laughs> and look what we're used to now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Every year, it's just a Oh, I want to talk about that when we get back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got some thoughts on that. Okay. Yeah. Well, why don't we take a break now? Uh, we are talking about these strategies of light and darkness. And when we come back after a couple of minutes, we'll listen to an excerpt from an, uh, a lecture by Elizabeth Kerr Prophet on initiation, the Guru Chi relationship, and the subtle degrees of separation from the path. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. 
On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door. Brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And thank you. We are back. I appreciate your staying with us. Today, as we have been now for the last month, we're talking about various strategies of light and darkness and the ways in which the fallen ones, the nefarious force, try to take our light and take us off the path. We began our show today talking about um, the erosion, I mean, I'm sorry, we talked about the uh, making a problem and then solving it, making the fallen ones appear to be saviors and how devious this can be. This is the serpentine mind in action. And actually, all of these strategies are basically serpentine in, in nature. The one that we're going to be discussing in this segment now is the erosion by gradual degrees. And I want to use this as sort of a segue into an excerpt that we'll play from a lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet, where she talks about discernment which we've been talking about as well, and the subtleties to which these fallen ones will go to gradually pull us away from the light. So before we go to this excerpt, let's talk just a minute about what this means, this gradual erosion of morals, of standards, of values, of the things that we will allow almost without even thinking. Well, I think you see it very clearly in in the media, movies, and television. You know, each year, uh, and and the, the the television executives talk about this. Each year they want to push the, the envelope just a little <laughs> bit more uh, because uh, they want to have something that stands out or is more shocking or, you know, gets people more engaged. And so what you see is that, you know, gradually each year more violence, you know, yeah. more, uh, more overt sex, more, um, you know, more drug use or whatever. All of these things you see gradually getting more and more prominent. In, in the media, television and movies. So it just becomes normal, you know. It becomes normal, uh, the new in, normal. You know, um, not being faithful to your spouse is just normal now, you know, in the <laughs> movies. I, I call it, or somebody has called it, the um, frog in boiling water syndrome. Yeah. If you put a frog into boiling water, he will jump out. If you put him in some tepid water and gradually heat it up to boiling point, he'll just stay there because it's gradual. It mm-hmm. comes along gradually, and and it's not the contrast, you know. And your point 
uh, in the previous segment is is like you know you walked out of a movie because they were swearing years ago. Yeah. Look at where we're at now. I notice that when I watch the um, movies on the plane going to Australia for my mm-hmm. annual trip, you know, and and each year I go, oh my god, this is just even worse than last year. Well, you know, uh, yeah. it raises something too that we we have not talked about maybe enough, and that is that the solar plexus is one of the areas of our bodies where we actually take this stuff in. It isn't necessarily just through our eyes or through our mind, but mm. it's visceral. Yeah. And what can we do to protect ourselves if we're unexpectedly exposed to like rock music, for example, or some kind of a, a horrific image, even on the news? Well, one of the things you can do, and you do it instinctively, is you actually cross your arms and legs. Uh, so and that prevents <laughs> the energy, you know, jumping in. But you've got to be discerning. You've got to be aware that you ju- of that feeling of uncomfortability in the pit of the stomach. Oh, this is making me feel a bit nauseated. And so, so then you close your arms and legs. I mean, if you're in the option, you leave the area or turn off the TV or whatever it might be. But you also stop and make a call and call to an angel. And would, would you give an example of a quick call you could make? In the name of the Christ, in the name I am that I am, I call for the encircling of this entire situation that I've just seen on the television that's distressing to me of people rioting and being angry towards one another. And I ask for the angels to to step in and take over the situation and bring peace and calm to everybody and to completely dissolve this riot. According to God's holy will, let it be done. Amen. Thank you. So now that we've kind of set the table a little bit here, Let's go to this excerpt from the lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet when she's talking about another chakra, in this case, the crown chakra, and how the other chakras kind of get all spinning in unison as we prepare for this acceleration of consciousness. Here we go. So this morning, I would like to take the opportunity to work with you a bit longer with some decrees for the preparation of the crown chakra. And when you prepare the crown chakra, you need to prepare all of the chakras on coming because if the light is to rise, it must begin in the base, in the heart of the mother, move through the seat of the soul, the solar plexus, the heart, the throat, the third eye, and the crown. And so the obvious block to mankind's illumination is the fact that they get waylaid on the chakras. And of course, the strategy of the fallen ones is nip it in the bud. So they always are trying to nip in the bud the mother light, the beautiful lotus, the white lotus of the base chakra. And so that nipping in the bud comes with the purveyance of the pleasure cult, the death cult, and all of its side attractions, like the sideshows of the monstrosities that people go to see with their fascination for horror, death, sex, the body, etc., at circuses and fairs. Those sideshows are exactly what the fallen ones portray in each and every chakra. So if they can nip the light, the flowing light in the bud and cause a detraction or a giant detour of an individual to spend the first 30 or 40 or 50 years of his life consuming the mother light, then you see that there is quite a reaffirmation, a reestablishment of that light that must occur through meditation, through dynamic decrees. For it is not only the restoring of the light, the restoration of the light in the base chakra, but it is the transmutation of all misuses of that base chakra, which will come up for transmutation when we begin to have our conversion or our turning around of devotion to the mother and our desire to then anchor that white light. 
So when we begin to receive the ascension flame and we have had enough of those detours, we need to understand that in the very early steps of our determination to focus the ascension flame in this body, in this base chakra, that light will contact all prior misuses and rebellions and that is the time to hang on, accelerate decrees and let it pass into the flame until you reach a point of stability, you have recreated the habit pattern of the upward flow of life instead of the downward flow and then you move on to the next chakras. Now you take the seat of the soul chakra. One of the greatest preoccupations and detours of that soul chakra is the involvement of people with psychic activities, fortune telling, witchcraft, black magic, all types of deviations and variations, each one of which is the placing of something else between the soul and the heart. The heart is the seat of the Christ consciousness. The Christ self in the heart is the symbol of the eternal guru who is in his retreat in the Himalayas, far remote, inaccessible. The guru appears remote and inaccessible because the soul is actually centered in the chakra that is between the navel and the base of the spine. It is called the seat of the soul, which means it's the seat. It's where the soul is positioned, where the solar awareness registers. Well, the accumulations of misqualified energy between the soul and its heart its true heart and home, its true guru, center around the solar plexus. And out of the solar plexus, most people have created a negative spiral of human desire. And the human desire of the solar plexus chakra has created the entire electronic belt and force field of layer upon layer upon layer of all of the pursuits of fulfilling the desires of the carnal mind instead of the Christ mind. So, because there is such an immense block between the soul and its Christ consciousness, and it cannot go straight through, it seeks devious means, psychic means. Go to a psychic reader, go to a fortune teller, go to a spiritualist medium, go to someone who supposedly can contact the beyond which you cannot contact. Now, people do this, of course, after thousands of years of ignorance and building up of substance of deviation. But you have to remember that the original cause of separation and this large block of substance is truly the willfulness of the soul who refused the teaching of Maitreya to go directly by the direct route to God through the guru, the acceptance of the guru as the authority, the lawgiver, the initiator. And so the acceptance of the guru in Maitreya, in the Garden of Eden, or his rejection, becomes the basis of the immense karma that has occurred since that time. So the sin of Eden is the rejection of the guru in his totality. Now those twin flames who were in Eden loved Lord Maitreya. They loved his teaching. They accepted him and his God. It's the same story that Sanat Kumara tells you about the people and Moses. Oh, they knew Moses was the savior. They knew he was the liberator. They knew that this Moses was truly the representative of the I Am Presence. 
but they did not carry their belief all the way. And they did not take their total sufficiency in his person. But they decided that as long as they gave lip service to the guru, that they could do what they pleased on the side, which was to have their own cult, their own religion, their own golden calf, worship when they wanted to, perform the rites and the rituals of their religion in his absence, without his mantle, without his authority. So that is repeated again and again. It was what occurred in Eden. It was saying, well, here is someone else who is very wise, this individual who comes, whose name is Serpent. But this individual is very polished, very sophisticated, dressed in the most sophisticated dress of the day, speaking wise words of wisdom, and praising Maitreya, and saying, yes, all these things may be true, but... If you eat of this fruit of the upper chakra, even though you have not Maitreya's blessing, if you take the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you will have greater wisdom to deal with events in the matter planes, promising power and dominion outside of going directly through the heart of Maitreya. And so the rationalization comes while this individual appears well-intentioned, is supportive of Maitreya's mission, is supportive of our path, and is just giving us a little bit of an additional information that Lord Maitreya has not yet given us. And so it would not be so out of the way to accept this additional information and use it in conjunction with the strict path of the guru. Now that is the subtlety of initiation and temptation. It is that subtle and more subtle. It is not the obvious, the obvious direct disobedience. It never is. And that is what is so subtle about your soul's connection with your Christ self. And that is why we need discernment. We'll be back in a moment. Please stay with us. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. 
For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And thank you. We are back. I want to thank you all for staying with us. Uh, We're in the uh, throes of a series here on the strategies of light and darkness. We've been doing this for the last four weeks. We'll probably have one more show next week on the same subject. And we're exploring all the various devious strategies that the fallen ones use to steal our light. And in the last segment, we listened to an excerpt from a lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet, where she talked about the subtle degrees of uh, erosion that can occur even to a dedicated spiritual seeker who's got a guru, it's easy to get off the path if you're not careful. And we all agree that discernment is one of the keys here. But I wanted to mention something that I heard in that lecture that I didn't actually tune into the first time I heard it. That was this amazing attitude of psychicism is an activity that gets in the way, it gets between your soul and your heart. Mm-hmm. Mm. Have you heard that expression before? Yeah, it's an interesting concept, isn't it? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's amazing to see yeah. how how personal that becomes. Yeah, you know, I was I was taken with it because I think that it's uh, it's a concept of divide and conquer, and if we can separate the soul and the heart, the consciousness and the unconscious, we run the risk. And I think it ties into people's sort of lack of self-worth or self-doubt where they sort of think, well, I, I can't go directly to God yeah. myself. I need something else to be an intermediary here. And so that's where they go looking out into the marketplaces of the psychic things or the pendulums or the the channelers. Well, or the, someone this who has that. a hotline to God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Instead of realizing that, you know, they can do it themselves. But um, you have to sort of work on your psychology and a lot of this, um, that we're talking about is is the masters have asked us to study our personal psychology because our weaknesses in our psychology make us vulnerable to these uh, different strategies. Yeah. Well, you know, we're moving into an area right now in this next set of strategies, which are all basically karma-oriented, karma-related. Uh, the first one is kind of an interesting one. Actually, it's what's called the tar baby syndrome. And this is where, uh, you know, the Uncle Remus stories from your childhood, or maybe later, um, where this um, this tar baby basically is created, and the uh, brer rabbit it's a little, is little, a little doll made out of tar. Yeah, yeah, made out of tar, and the rabbit tries to engage in a conversation, but of course it doesn't talk back, and he gets angry. Yep. And so in, in his anger, he becomes attached to this tar baby because he he, he goes he to it. hit he it, hits it, and his, his paw sticks, and, and then he hits it again, and his, next his thing other you know, hand sticks, and, and then he get, then he gets really mad at it because <laughs> it won't let him go, and right. says, "Have you know, let let me go, let me go, let me go," and he kicks it, yeah, and then, and he's then his really foot his foot is stuck exactly. <laughs> so you can see how the karmic ties can be forged, yeah, and they can be pretty rigid. So I wanted to just bring this one up because one of the one of the things that the um, followers have found is a great way to get our light and our energy is to make us angry. 
Yeah. Get us uh, enraged. And yes. boy, you can really see that in the world today, can't you? Oh, man. <laughs> People are so angry. And, you know, both sides, they're, they're, they're angry at Clinton, they're angry at Trump. And, and I see them just kind of so angry. And I'm thinking, you know, don't you know that when you get that angry with someone, you, you tie yourselves to them? You're going to be stuck, yeah. stuck with Trump or with Clinton for, for lifetimes unless you can let go of this anger. Well, you, you know, know, what you're bringing up to is interesting because last week we talked about the, the masters admonish us not to take sides. Yeah. Right. They say that it's, it's human nature to want to take a side. Yeah. And we want to hasten to say here that we're not taking any sides, but what the, the point I think you're making, Peter, is that it's easy to get enraged, get incited yeah. to violence in some cases, to certainly rage and anger, and the followers are just eating it up. And that's it's the first that's step, you know. Strategy. If you get caught up in that emotional energy in the solar plexus, you've got sidetracked there mm-hmm. from, from your soul contacting your heart, contacting your higher mind. It's, it's very hard. To have discernment. Well, and if, the, if you're caught up in the emotion of the situation, well, exactly right, because you don't think, you stop thinking, yeah, and you, your emotion takes over. You're just reacting from an emotional level rather than you know let, letting your heart lead you or or your higher self, your holy Christ self, lead you into what you need to do. And perhaps simplistically, I think that the uh, the ascended master Kazumi says that it's not what happens; it's how you react to it that matters. Right. Right. And that's the interesting thing. If people would just stop and instead of sending anger, send love, they're not creating karma, they're balancing karma. You know, regardless of what you think of all these people that we've just named, just send them all love. Love is a real emotion. It's an energy. You send it out from your heart. It comes from your higher source. It makes you feel good. You send love to them. You ask for them to make the right decisions. You send peace and calmness to them. Mm -hmm. And you're going to feel better and they're going to feel better because the anger affects everybody. I mean, if somebody's directing anger at you, you may not be able to think or function or, or do well. And more than that, it ties you to them because you're sending them a negative energy. You're then stuck with them. Yeah. You know, this is the whole just thing like that we've talked about. It's like Grey Rabbit. You're, you're, you're stuck yeah. to them, you know. And, <laughs> and we've talked about this You're not getting shows. free until you balance the karma, transmute it, let go of the anger, send the violet flame to transmute whatever you sent out that was negative. And you, and you know, there's an element of, of light in everyone that was created. And so if you... You send that love, even though somebody appears to be doing something very, very dark, um, what you're doing is you're helping them to get back to their original blueprint. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah because the, the love is the dividing of the way. It will, it will, if there's light there, it will bring out the light and it will remove the darkness and it'll enable them to sort of wake up and go, oh, wait a minute, I, <laughs> I need to be... I need to be better at this. Yeah. I think the, the anger, though, it's, it's important to point out that it's an energy and it, it causes us to just stick to the thing that we're angry with. And then we get tied to them, you know, sometimes for lifetimes. You know, why, why do you react to, I mean, the, these people that have come forth in the political scene either side, they've probably been around before. We've probably been around the block with them in a few <laughs> past lives. And they appear and immediately there's an instant like or dislike. If you've got an instant like or dislike, that usually means you've known them perhaps in a past life. And so... Ancient karma is coming up again, but we've got to really handle it very differently. Yeah. Well, I think the, one of the antidotes is to stay engaged with your Christ self. You, know, you don't take things personally. And the, while we're talking about something, you know, in this example, it's kind of an inanimate object, this tar baby. The fallen ones are also pretty good at setting themselves up to have force you or at least to incite you to make karma with them. Right. Who, who are not inanimate objects. So that's another dimension of this here. And the other, you know, the, the triumvirate is to get them to create karma with each other. And we, to, for us to create karma with each other 
based on some kind of a situation or an issue that maybe causes us to take sides, to react, as you said, Peter, in emotional state rather than to think it through. And then we create that karma. It re- balance is required. Well, well, I'd just like to point out quite graphically, you, say you get a riot and people on both sides are angry and throwing stuff and, you know, destroying property and getting really, really upset. What happens energetically, if you looked at it, at it, from a very high level at the level of an angel looking down, what you can see is everybody's releasing energy. Yeah. And that energy goes up and then it creates a grid or a force field. They've given away their light, their energy, Mm -hmm. because they're angry. And who swoops in and takes that light on both sides? The fallen angels, the entities, the demons. They just come and just take that energy. And and everybody in the scene has given up their energy. Yeah. Well, did, and who wins? Well, Not either side. Yeah. No, I mean, and you, I think you or Peter mentioned this at the beginning of the show that Lucifer, one of the ways in which he can maintain light, he'll, he'll set his own fallen angels against each other. And I don't know if this is paralleled in, in like the terrorism that we see coming from like the mm. Middle East, for example, but it seems to me that there is a constant recycling of mm. the same energy, the yeah. same conflict over and over and over again and, and who's go. reaping the light as you said right they yeah. can't so let go they can't forgive but somebody's getting that light but somebody's and that's getting that. the whole ones are getting it and the they, that's what's it. that's what is uh, sustaining them so you there's know, a, the, the fallen ones would much rather you get angry at them than ignore them I'm sure they would <laughs> <laughs> they, they get your energy they do and if you laugh at them that doesn't make karma does it oh, <laughs> no no actually a stra- that is a strategy to laugh uh, because there's one thing the devil can't stand it's to be mocked is to be mocked so yeah. that's our antidote isn't yeah, it yeah so if you that's just laugh and smile spirit, yeah. you yeah. can't bear to be mocked um, the antidote also is just to take an objective view. Just stand back, l- look at it as if you're an angel high up, 30,000 feet. Forgive, let God do the work. And, you know, it says in the Bible, turn the other cheek. Instead of engaging or reacting, why do you have to pick up every, ga- every gauntlet? You just say, thanks, but no thanks, and walk away. <laughs> you know, I think there's a point to be made about that too, nearly. That is that when you turn the other cheek, that's a powerful statement. It's something. It's a powerful act. It's not meek right. necessarily. Right. You're basically saying, "I'm in control here. You're not." Yeah. It's actually coming from a position of strength because yeah. it's a, it, when you react and just strike back, that's actually coming from a position of a kind of insecurity or need to defend the lower self. Whereas oh, well, it's a real strength in in turning the other cheek. An emotional reaction. You yeah. know, one thing I'd like to bring up is is um, you know we can't fall into the trap of thinking, "Oh, that person is evil and they're oh. a fallen angel." <laughs> You've got to treat every person as if they're the Christ in manifestation. And the masters have told us, actually, many times light bearers have been so th- through so many difficult situations in their past lives that when they come into embodiment, they may not look the best and they may not sound the best, <laughs> and yet they are of the light. And yet the fallen ones have honed their act so well that they can look really polished, really together Everything's great. They've got it under control, and you think, okay, they they know what they're doing. Let's let's let them take over. Let's let them do it. And I, and I think that's you know that's that's a trap. You've got to stay centered in your Christ self in your Christ mind, and just observe observe the cross currents that come across you, and just say, okay, what's that energy? How's that making me feel? Where's that coming from? What's going on? And what's my reaction in the Christ going to be? Yeah, and the Buddha, and the Buddha. <clears throat> Well, we're up against another break, so we have one more segment to go today, and in that final segment, we're going to talk about this aura of indispensability and, of course, karma dodging. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. 
the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And thanks for staying with us, everyone. We are very grateful that you're here. Today, we're talking once again about strategies of light and darkness. We've been joined by Reverends Narrowly and Peter Duffy, who are familiar with this topic. Obviously, if you've been listening, uh, they know their stuff. And before we go away today, you know, one of the things I wanted to um, to uh, f- maybe specify a little bit here is we've talked about the three Ds, the uh, discernment, discrimination, and d- determination. And there are two other points to be aware of. These are kind of like bookends, if you will. Um, when you consciously recognize the strategies of darkness, then you discern when they're at work in your life, you discriminate which one and judge correctly you determine to do better, and then you counteract all these strategies with strategies of light. And as we were going through some of these earlier, and Peter mentioned this in the break, too, we want to make sure that we don't leave you without some of these strategies very specifically. And one of them was we were talking about this uh, gradual erosion, separation from God. And I think one of the key points there is to not compromise, to recognize that you've got something of value to maintain. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we see it in, in the world and we see it in our own lives, too. And um, there's a, a point where you do have to take a stand, even if it seems like it's something that's little, because, you know, each little mm-hmm. thing is just not that much worse <laughs> yeah, right. than, than, what, than the previous one. And so you could, you could just keep compromising and compromising and compromising and it'll get a little bit worse and a little bit worse and a little bit worse. And eventually it's way uh, beyond what it was. But, but it's a yeah. fine line because at a certain point you have to take a stand and it may seem like it's something – Little on a seemingly small point, but 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 you're taking a stand on the on the bigger issue, which is the erosion of standards, for example. But at the same time, you don't want to get fanatical about little things and get stuck on so stuck on one little issue that, that you miss the big picture. Well, it's it's hard to go back too because these become social norms. 
And so they're easily defended by people who say, oh, they're, they're harmless. Rock rock music, it's harmless. Yeah. These, you know, The Walking Dead TV show, that's harmless. You Marijuana's know, it's just a show. Marijuana's harmless. I mean, you get to a point where you begin, you're, you're in the minority in many cases because people mm. are just going to laugh at you. So when you stand up and take a stand, as you were mentioning a moment ago, you've got to also be prepared for the slings and arrows because yeah. by taking that definitive stand, you're going against the current. Yeah. Absolutely. So it can be a it can be kind of a lonely place to be sometimes. So and that's a strategy as well. Oh, you're alone. You're separated from God. Well, no, you're not. You've got the angels. You've got the masters. You've got God. You've got you got you got an invincible army behind you. Yeah. So when you get to that point of standing up and, and bearing witness to what you know to be the truth, know that you've got a bunch of people at your back. Yeah, I think it's really helpful. At least it, for me, it always feels good to know that mm-hmm. I've got an army behind me. So I'm not going to be cowed. Yeah. Anyway, we've got two more to cover now. The yes. first one is this, the fallen ones will create an aura of indispensability where they become so valuable you can't live without them. You can't get another step forward without their help and their, their guidance, their mentorship, their coaching, whatever the case may be. And they come with a certain degree of authority. And we have said before in this sh- series, some of the, the fallen ones have, they're very magnetic. They have very big auras. Yeah, I mean, they, they can be charming. They can be very uh, worldly. Uh, I mean, they're likable. That's what I'm trying to say. $1,000 suits. Well, even Mother, I think, said, Mrs. Prophet said at one point, you'd like him. If you met Lucifer, you'd probably like him. Yeah, he's very likable. He's worked on that for eons. Yeah, he loves good music. And they they also come with a certain condemnation. You couldn't possibly figure this out. You need me. Yeah. And so you're immediately, you know, cowering and, you know, and and it makes them seem so necessary and indispensable. And that's just not true because it's the light in the individual who is really indispensable. You know, well, all of us have light and all of us are part of the solution. And one of the problems with this one is that it, it creates a tie. Yeah. You're tied to that fallen one of those fallen ones in that in this particular association. So you've got to extricate yourself from that as well. And how are you tied? Because you think they're indispensable? Is that what it is? Well, you follow their solution. Also, they, they, make, they set up a system that is so complicated yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. that no one else understands can figure it. it out. No one else can figure it out. <laughs> right. And I think something to remember, too, is you know, when you see people doing these things, it doesn't mean they're a fallen one because, you know, our own dweller on the threshold does these to us and does these to other people. <laughs> All day long. <laughs> and and I, I, I saw an example of this just recently. There was someone who was running AV for an event we were at and they'd set up uh, some years ago and they'd set up this system that was so complicated that no one else, <laughs> no could, else, no one else could figure it out, you know. So, so they become indispensable. And, you know, they didn't have any malintent. They, 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 the system they set up was what they thought was the most efficient way to do it. But... But they did, in fact, you know, and then at a certain point, they they had some accident and couldn't be there. And then other people had to step in and we realized (laughs) we had no idea. He wasn't indispensable. We'll just change a few things around and just simplify. You know, that's a really interesting thing because the strategy is the fallen ones always work from the simple to the complex. But the masters and the angels and the light always work from the complex to the simple. And that's why some of this stuff seems so simple. It's almost too simple. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But it yeah. isn't. And that's how you end up with a tax code with 80,000 pages. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it, it's so complicated. Or, or a healthcare thing that just, you know, yeah, who's yeah. Gonna, a 2,000-page healthcare law. You know, it's so just, complicated that no one can understand except the experts. And then, exactly. And they say, well, and don't bother reading it. You'll love it. Just, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, so they, the following ones like to get themselves into a position of power yeah. and influence and authority. 
and then they become indispensable. We tie we tie ourselves to them by association. Mm-hmm. So the karma that we create there is by, on the one hand, accepting, if I want to call it the lie, but accepting that position in place of God, in place of the Guru, in place of the Christ Self. I mean, ultimately, that's kind of the, and, the and place. And we defer to them um, because we don't have the self-worth to realizing that our own ideas or our own solutions may may have value and may work. But, you know, the, the heroes have always been the ones that have stood out and, and gone against the system and figured out a yeah. simple solution. And we're, we're proud enough to stand alone. Now, one of the things that they do when they get into positions of power, sometimes they do these good deeds. Uh, they do good things. Yeah. What are they doing them for? To dodge karma. We're finally at that point, our, our favorite topic if we saved it for the end, karma dodging. When the fallen ones are smart enough to figure out that they can do something that will kind of slow the wheel down or basically get somebody else to bear their karma for them, they can keep on going. Keep it like the energizer, the energizer bunny. You know? Well, they, they get the little ones, the, the little people to handle all the energy. Yeah. There's a classic example of that, which is um, the condemnation of Jesus by Caiaphas and the Pharisees. Yes. Yeah. You want to talk about that one? Okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, Caiaphas and the and the, the leaders of the, the Jews get the uh, the people, the common people, all worked up and angry at Jesus, and then and then they say, "Give us Barabbas," and they say, and it also oh, says, yeah. you know, his you know, his blood is on our hands. So instead of the Caiaphas and them having the you know the responsibility, they get the people to take the responsibility. In other words, to bear the karma for the action. When, when the people were just, you know, the, the, the common people, the light bearers who got caught up in this plot and strategy of the fallen one. And well, they could just wash their hands of it. Yeah, right, just wash exactly, their hands. Exactly. Yeah, as, they, as they did. Yeah. They, they get you to pay their bills, do their work, handle a situation that they should be handling. And they usually do it by sympathetic ties. Mm-hmm. You know, they, oh, I'm just so this and I can't possibly and could you do this for me? And I remember when somebody... <laughs> Uh, did that to me once, and they said, you know, and they were very powerful, a difficult person to get on with. They always ran the ruled the roost. But then when it, it came down to a certain situation, they didn't want to handle it anymore. And they said, oh, would you go in there and explain for me and on behalf of me? And I said, nope, <laughs> no, no, it's yours. It's been yours all along. You go in there and face the music. Yeah. And this person was crying and weeping and. You know, oh, gnashing putting, teeth. Putting the whole sympathy trip on Putting the whole you. sympathy trip on me, and I nearly bought it, except I knew about this rule. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, or, or, or they set up some kind of a deficit, then when the bill comes due, they're nowhere to be found. Oh, exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, karma dodging is one of those things that um, it's almost their problem. <laughs> but every time we get sucked into that, whether we you know fall for the sympathetic tie, we do create karma. And it's just, a, just a, it's a good thing to bear in mind that whenever you're involved in a situation where it seems to be you're being pulled and there's this aura of sanctity and holiness, do question it. It's okay. Ask to see the, the real light be you know, shown to you so that you can discriminate and you can discern and you can be determined not to be sucked in. Don't be afraid to ask for their credentials. Yeah. Show, yeah we show we take on a burden that's not ours because and, – and sometimes we can do it because we have a kind of a sense of martyrdom or, you know – it's the loving thing to do to help this yeah. person, you know. Yeah. The bleeding heart. But you've yeah. got to be really clear of your boundaries. Know if it's your issue or not and don't get sucked into it and be really objective and clear and take accountability for what's yours. But if it's not, just say, no, it's not mine. Well, setting loving boundaries is a good thing always. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, this has been fun. I mean, it's amazing how fast this topic just kind of goes by. Um, We will be doing one more segment on this series starting, well, next week will be part six. And um, look forward to that. In the meantime, remember that if you want to know more about these strategies, the book is titled Strategies of Light and Darkness. It's available on our bookstore, tsl.org slash bookstore. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And order it there if you wish. Strategies of Light and Darkness. And it catalogs 33 typical common strategies and the light strategy to combat and neutralize it. So do get that if you get a chance. It's well worth it. And also want to leave you with this thought that whenever you're, you're challenged to do anything, just ask yourself, is this what God would want me to do with his energy? Because as you have heard us say many, many times, God is the doer. In the, in, in the long and the short of it, the energy that we are using to animate our every thought, word, and deed is God's energy. Mm. So just remember that you are the steward, you're the shepherd of that energy, and use it wisely. So, Terry. If you have any questions out there, our blessed listeners, uh, we are at webradio at tsl.org, webradio at tsl.org. Thank you, and I want to thank you both, Narely and Peter, for being with us again. I hope this is always a the, joy. The, just the next in the series. <laughs> okay. Thanks for inviting us. It's been fun. Oh, it's been yeah. great. It's really been great. I appreciate it very much. And to you out there, thank you for being with us. We appreciate it, and God bless you all. And as we like to say, though, the upward path may be sometimes difficult. The rewards are out, out of, of this, this world. world. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.